I can always point to when I've had success or when I haven't. It's been because you usually a lack of focus. And that lack of focus comes from a lack of self-worth and an abundance of self-doubt. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Thank you for joining me on the Conqueror Approach. I have a very special guest today, a cross between Andy Cohen, Neil Patrick Harris, Graham Norton, a consummate entertainer, actor, and host. As a digital insider, he has become a go-to host for some of the hottest red carpets in Hollywood. He has worked with the Stream.TV as the host and producer of Digital Natives Content Creations, Frontline and Tailor Made with Brian Rada. Welcome, host, actor, and producer, my friend Brian Rada. Thank you for joining me today, man. Oh, my pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. That's such an honor, man. Thank you. Uh, I love I love your bio, man. Uh, and I'm just just honored to have have you as a friend. You have a lot of experience um, and knowledge, especially in the entertainment business. Uh, and what, one of the things I want to talk about with that, especially in the entertainment business, uh, the vulnerability it takes to succeed and, and put yourself out there as a host and producer and, and being an entertainer, it takes vulnerability. And I, I kind of wanted to go over some of that, some of your background and history with that. Um, but before we get started, uh, please give us a little bit of background on yourself before, before you became an actor, host and producer. Who is Brian Rada? Let's, let's just start <laughs> with the hardest questions first, shall we? That's uh, how we do that, it. That's the biggest question, right? Who are you? Um, I always say I'm my mother's favorite child, Lusa. <laughs> who I am. Um, you know, I think, I think at my core, I'm a storyteller. I was always, I'm always interested in a good story um, and also the story behind the story. I've always been attracted to the arts, to media, to the theater, uh, to, you know, different forms of storytelling, because to me, storytelling, you know, um, is the ultimate form of the ultimate medium for changing people's hearts and minds, I think, besides church and religion and all of those things, you know. The theater, when I was a child, became my church. And, you know, it's funny, you read that long bio about who I am. And that is definitely a part of who I am and I think who I was. But I think we're always becoming. And who I am now is, you know, if I could sum up some words to describe me, you know, I am, I'm, I'm becoming a teacher. I'm becoming a healer. I am becoming um, a thought leader um, at the moment, probably in my own mind, but certainly by doing podcasts like this, 
putting myself back out there again in a different way. I'm constantly evolving. And I guess what's right there for me right now is I'm a child of God, just like we all are. And I'm here to do the best I can live my human experience and try to harm as few people as possible on my journey and ultimately inspire people to do their best. Um, and final note here, I'll say, I am at this moment, I am the bridge. I am the bridge between the past and the future. When I think of myself in this moment, I am a conduit and a vehicle for the future. And I'm in a unique age and point in my life where I get to own my power and my purpose in a new way. And the actor in me, the host in me, the entertainer in me, and the showman, the entrepreneur gets to channel all that into a, a more focused voice and um, which turns into a bridge between cultures, peoples, and generations. So that's to answer your question. That's who I am more than anything. I think at this moment, that's who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a bridge that like you can walk along Usa, to get from one point A to the next to, to point B. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I do believe we're all on the journey and that's kind of why I created this podcast to have great people like you share that, right? We're all on a journey. We're always evolving. And the fact that your identity is so rooted in your growth and evolution, I think that's really beautiful. What was some of the the major obstacles you face? Cause you, you are successful, right? You're in SoCal, You've been in entertainment, you've hosted, you've been on red carpet, hosting a lot of successful people. What were some of the major obstacles that you have to overcome to achieve that level of success? I think a lot of it's for me, my own personal journey has been about overcoming my self-worth issues um, and overcoming self-doubt because if you look at a place like Hollywood and this epicenter of media and quote unquote culture, you can get so easily, you can look around you and go, oh, am I, am I doing it right? Or this is what's trending. I should hop on that trend or I should be more like this person when you really have to get to, I think the place, the most people who were always the most successful are always the person who's doing it their own way. And to be able to, to step into a space of doing it your own way requires a level of both self-awareness and self-confidence that you had, can only possess within. And I have spent a lot of my life, I think right now I'm going through my own process and you know, of all the success I've had in Hollywood, I've also had a lot of failure and I certainly for myself am not at the point in my life that I want to be or where I thought I would be at this point in my life. And I can only, I can always point to when I've had success or when I haven't, it's been because you usually a lack of focus and that lack of focus comes from a lack of self-worth and an abundance of self-doubt. So mm. what I've been able to do when I have been successful is to visualize, focus on, you know, being singular in focus and vision, 
being flexible in my approach and being intentional with my actions. And that those three combinations really do make a difference. Something I learned from a major producer, uh, he's sort of second in command to this major production company who, you know, basically this guy was a big executive at MTV. He found his own production, he founded his own production company. He was responsible for discovering South Park. Um, and his name is Brian Graydon, Brian Graydon Media. And one of his, one of his guys in his company, um, a guy named Ben, who's become a good friend, one time we were talking about, you know, and I'm, I'm probably going to be pitching them shows in the next couple months of, of stuff that I'm creating. And he said to me, you know, it's never about this one project because especially with entertainment, it's always a project based. It's pro moment to moment, project to project. He said, we are in the relationship business and it's, it's never about maybe this one project. If this thing doesn't go through or we don't work together here, you, it's, it's ultimately because it, th that doesn't matter. What matters is the relationships that you build. And I think I didn't really understand that until he said that. And I look back upon when I was in my 20s and managing this performing arts camp as the artistic director. And there were two teachers there who lived in LA. And I thought, oh, I'll never see these people again. Literally eight years later, I'm filming, playing in this flashback memory in this scene in this woman's house who was a teacher at this performing arts camp. Her name is Kitty Swink. She's married to Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Kitty Swink was also on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They were pr professors at this performing arts camp. And I, I remember even at the performing arts camp, she said, you know, it's, it's nice to meet you. You know, hopefully we'll work together again. I'll see you again. She said, you can count on it. Don't worry about it. Seven years later, maybe nine or 10 years later, I'm filming a movie in her house as an actor. Now I'm an actor. My former client hired me back to be an actor in her movie. And she was friends with Kitty and we're filming a scene in Kitty's house. And I look at what Ben, Ben Yahashua told me. It's the entertainment business that I think like a lot of businesses or people don't think it's always about this kill or this, this thing. And actually it comes up in real estate too. You know, good real estate agents. I've done a little stuff with real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, they know it's not about that one transaction because they have to, they're going to see that real estate agent again. If they screw over the other real estate agent who's representing the, the other client on the other side, they can start to get a bad reputation in the real estate community mm -hmm. and people don't want to deal with them or they get, you know, they just, things aren't in flow and easy. So I think it happens in a lot of industries, but success, it really is, a, you are only as successful as your relationships. And if you think about really sustaining and doing the best you can to honor your word and be your commitments and maintain good relationships, that is everything. And that's certainly been my experience uh, up, at the, up until this point in my life. And I think it will be moving forward. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Relationships are probably the key in all business and especially the entertainment business. I feel since so many people are out there trying to be successful in entertainment, like you really have to have the connections uh, and people need to really connect you with other people who 
you know, they trust and, and that relationship piece has to be there. I kind of want to go back to where you said uh, the lack of focus comes from a lack of self-worth, because I thought that was really a really great point. Mm. Uh, what would you say to someone who maybe they're not in the entertainment industry, but any industry, any any person going after their goal or dream is probably facing something similar. Like I know I have struggles with focus, self-worth and all those things as well. What, what is some advice? Uh, what advice do you have for someone struggling with their self-worth, which is leading to lack of focus and lack of actually taking action and where they need to take action to be successful? That's a great question. And I think the greatest thing people can can do is love themselves. You know, I was really, really resistant when you start seeing these entertainers, these especially musicians and their songs and when they get up in their acceptance speeches. And I always was a little resistant, especially in the last three to five years, you start to see it more like, I love myself. And it, and it always came across as like me, 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 like I'm the best or I love myself. Like I have like, you know, or RuPaul's drag race, right? He's like, you know, how do you expect anybody to love you if you don't love yourself? And it always felt like it had a narcissistic bent to it. And I don't think you can focus and overcome your self-worth issues if you don't love yourself first. But it's not a self-love that is that is narcissistic, that is self-serving. If you come from the place every day that I am honoring myself first and starting with self-care and self-love for an hour a day in the morning with your morning routine, you set yourself up for success in a very different way. I don't do it every day. You know, today I didn't do it. It's Saturday, I was behind, I kind of stayed up late last night. Um, I didn't get my workout in today that I wanted to before this podcast to be more of mental mind and and clarity. Um, But I did a lot of other things this morning. And actually, after this, I probably will go for a run because my body's itching for it. I want to release those endorphins and and do that self-care. And I know I'm at that point now with my body where I I have to give myself that self-love. So to be more specific, you, you have to love yourself first because the degree to which you love yourself is the degree to which you can love someone else. If you don't fill up your own cup, you cannot fill up someone else's. When you're in an airplane, they, the emergency procedures, you know, if the plane goes down, put on your air mask first before you help the child next to you. Because if you run out of air in the meantime, before you try to assist someone else, you're of no use to anyone. Mm-hmm. And certainly that has been, you know, I think I had a mother who didn't know how to put her own mask on first. So I didn't have that emulated in my, and, and my father was always busy working. I didn't see him a lot. So I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of good role modeling in terms of really focusing on self-care first, because it was always about community. It was always about helping other people first. But I really see now the step before helping other people, you, can, you, you will be of more service to them and to the world 
if you take care of yourself first and you have to do that through meditation, through a good diet, through drinking lots of water, through taking, getting out in nature and getting fresh air and connecting to the earth, you know, these are daily choices that ground you, that keep you rooted in reality, that keep you focused and intentional and help build up your sort of armor of self-love, success ultimately, because you can't really be a full purpose until you've taken care of yourself. I, I now look, I've shifted my context for self-care and self-love to actually be, to be this, that it's like, I'm not doing this anymore for me. I'm doing it, I take care of myself for me first, so that to the aim, to what aim? So that I can be of the most service in the world. And if I don't take care of Brian first, I'm of no use to anyone else. And it starts with our daily rituals, our morning routine, and grounding ourselves first so that we can share our light and our expression in the highest, highest vibration possible. I love that shifting of the context that it, it's, not, it's not selfish to take care of yourself first. Yeah. And that because you shifted that context that this is what's necessary for me to ultimately be of service to the highest potential and highest expression of yourself. I think that's extremely important. And especially in an industry that you're in, man, it's like, how much criticism do people get in the entertainment business that can really destroy self-worth? And that's why it's one of the most challenging industries to be in. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're constantly thinking, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. My muscles aren't big enough. I'm not good looking. There's somebody else out there with big, bigger muscles, better jawline, funnier, wittier, you know, better connected, more money, whatever. And so you have to armor yourself in the morning pretty. And I, I'm really getting that now. I just, I only in the last year, year or two, did I really start to look at how I take care of me and saw the degree to which I, how I wasn't showing up for myself and and why, you know, I've sort of, you know, everything started to slow down, you know, and I think it needed to slow down because I needed to learn this lesson. And now I'm not trying to be the best or the biggest, or whatever. I'm just trying to, you know, my goal now is consistency. You know, how consistent can I be? Can I sustain something and enjoy the process along the way? Mm-hmm. And when I root myself daily in my self-care practices of a lot good water, mm-hmm. you know, largely vegetarian, vegan diet, exercising, sweating to release positive endorphins in my brain. And I mean, then it's like if somebody, then if somebody tells you, oh, hey, you know, you're to this, you're to that. It doesn't, it's like duck off of water's back, you know? Because, mm-hmm. because, because you know who you are, and you know what you were there to contribute. Absolutely, and the the concept of 
taking the time to put your armor on, I think is really beautiful because then, then you're not in a reactive state to everything that you ha- you face a- on a daily basis. Because as soon as you wake up, there's going to be something on social media, the news, whatever, work, that's going to try to diminish your self-worth. And then taking that time to put that armor on, you're now becoming proactive in your pursuit to your goals and making that progress. You don't have to be the best, but be the best you can be for yourself that is what's a gift I feel to everyone else. I think what I'm experiencing in me internally right now is moving more and more from a reactive headspace to a response headspace. And that has come through meditation. I'm learning to train my subconscious mind and my brain to slow down. And instead of being so reactive, so immediately overthinking and getting attached to thoughts in my head, which are usually based upon my past, right? If I'm being triggered by something, that is a, a past thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually an old line in Al-Anon. I, I, went to, I, I went to a few Al-Anon meetings when I was in LA. It's a 12-step program. Do you know anything about Al-Anon? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's basically, it's for people who are in relationships with alcoholics. And what they come to understand is that they also have some ism or something that they're dealing with, which is why they're attracted to the alcoholic or why they think they can save and rescue and fix the alcoholic. And they ultimately, it's really just a relation. It's a program about relationships. And there's an old line in there. I think that's like, if it's hysterical, it's historical, right? If I get hysterical, it's because I'm being triggered by something in my history, my personal history, that makes me react in this way. And you have the power inside of you, as we all do, to change your neuropathways in your brain through sleep, diet, exercise, and meditation, and some prayer, um, and willingness, you know, pray for the willingness. If you don't have the willingness, you got to pray for the willingness mm-hmm. to, to, um, you know, to come to learn how to breathe and respond, not from a reactive emotional place, but from a peaceful, you know, normal response. And by breathing and meditating, you're, I think the beauty of what you get out of it is asking yourself, like taking those few extra beats to go, is that true? Is that really real what's happening? Or is that really the truth? Or am I just putting my truth onto this moment based upon some historical thing in my life when it may not be true at all about in the, in the other person's experience and what they're going through. And I think that's usually where the truth lives the the truth usually lives somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and when you move from a reactive headspace to a to a thoughtful response headspace that makes all the difference in the world that you said it you said perfectly man that that's so it's so true And, and just the like the simple practice of meditation can help you really stop those thoughts or, or 
question it. And I think that's where it really starts to develop because now you're changing your self-image when you can stop a negative thought and be like, that's not true. Like, I, I don't need this perfect jawline or whatever. <laughs> I am good enough the way yeah. I am. I, I have the skills or whatever the case is. And then you can kind of brush that off because you built that armor to kind of stop that those negative thoughts because we have so many thoughts like a, a, every every hour we have like thousands of thoughts and most of them aren't even true but yeah <laughs> most of them are not even true and most of them won't even make a difference even if they were true right because mm -hmm. it's 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 a thought that's fleeting that goes away and we have the power to refocus our brain staying in the vibe of what's possible you know um and that requires listening that requires empathy that requires compassion both for yourself and others you know i was already before this podcast today i was had a few moments where i was like oh i'm behind i i gotta get this i gotta do the laundry i haven't done this and and then i just was like brian breathe be here now you know if you're feeling a certain way and i thought I, I thought to myself is this true you know because i immediately started thinking oh there i am again i'm doing this i'm doing my old pattern and doing what brian always does and i'm like what if i gave up that old story that story that i'm stuck in this stuck mm -hmm. that i'm this is old way of being and how and then by actually giving up that story I was able to, you know, just be in this moment more fully and just enjoy myself, you know? Cause like, you're a great guy. This isn't super high stress, you know, thing we're doing here. It's, it's a fun, it, you know, I'm honored that somebody, you know, such as yourself gives a shit, pardon my French, about what I think. And all I have to do, if I'm leading from here, from heart, rather than head, that's all I have to do. I am enough just the way I am right now. And where I am at today is fine. So I can give up the story that I'm stuck or I'm always going to be this way or whatever way that is. And then it, when I think when we give up those stories, we're able to be in the now moment mm -hmm. and just connect. And I think it's necessary to give up those old stories and programming to give yourself the opportunity to write a new story going forward. Yes. And how, how are you going to rewrite that story if it takes you out of the moment? Because right now is all all that we have, right? The future isn't here yet. The past is done. So I love and that slowing it down. That's where I'm at now with my meditation is getting back to nothing and then doing like a second meditation in the day or, you know, I'm, I'm all about meditating throughout the day now, taking half hour in the morning, 10 minutes later in the afternoon, you know, 10 minutes before I go to bed, like two or three times a day, I'm really trying to taking a moment and then I'm seeing that show up in like 30 seconds here in my day or a minute over there. Mm -hmm. 
where I'm constantly representing myself to to consciousness, that space beyond thought that Eckhart Tolle talks about in The Power of Now. It's I'm experiencing that for myself because I'm giving myself the grace and the compassion to be where I'm at. And it's only because I'm able to now give myself the, 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 that acceptance that then I can create newly again and can ultimately be reborn. Mm-hmm. I like when you, you, you practice deep meditation in the morning and throughout the day, but I, I've learned that meditation is not just something you do once in the morning or whatever. It, it becomes a state of mind. And I'm noticing it just by the way you're, you're, you're being, right? Because the fact that you can even be aware enough to be conscious of your thoughts, to stop and breathe when you, you notice yourself getting anxious or overwhelmed with tasks that haven't been accomplished yet. That's a state of being, a, a meditative state. You can be in meditation throughout the day, not just as soon as you wake up, but the, the, the deep meditation in the morning probably helps you jump into that state immediately when you notice I didn't do the laundry yet. I didn't do this yet. I'm in a hurry. But you're just like, let me slow down because this is the moment I have right now. In my experience, that is the only way for your beingness to change. We we are all vibration. So your beingness, and what that means is people respond and react to who you're being. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that line, people will forget what you said or what you did, but they'll never, for, they'll always remember how you made them feel. And what that means is because you penetrated the mind and gone to the heart and they've emotionalized it. If you can get them to trigger an emotion and a feeling shows up about who they get to be for themselves in your clearing and your presence, what that means is they're responding to your beingness. We're not human doings, we're human Mm -hmm. beings. So it's always our beingness that dictates what we have. And right now at this point in my life, I am confronting a lot of my old ways of being I mean, God bless this pandemic. I will tell you, it has been, and, and, and here's what's so crazy. It's, it's what we believe. You hear the people who are like, this pandemic is the worst thing ever. And then I'm also hearing other my friends saying, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are you starting to see that in your community? And, Absolutely, yeah. And, and I, I think it's both because what we're getting is we're so powerful that we can actually dictate and say how it goes for us and what it looks like. And I've had a crazy year, and but in a way, I know I've created all of it. And I've created mm-hmm. the space that I needed right now to heal in a new way, you know? And, and that's how you and I met, right? I mean, through mm-hmm. the man movement. And I signed up for that because I wanted to transform again. I wanted to reevaluate and look at 
my daily practices or look at things from mind, body, spirit in a whole complete way to where I could start over um, and reprogram through rituals and, and making new small daily choices and to see those impact, to see what the, what, how that would impact my life moving forward. You know, I, I'm super ADHD. Like, if that's not maybe a bit abundantly apparent already from this podcast. Um, and, you know, but I haven't taken my quote unquote normal medication for that in months. And I don't know if I'll go back and take it again. Um, I may need to, but I'm really looking at my diet, at my water intake, at my meditation and my exercise to help help me maintain like a more consistent way of being that I can know I can then rely on myself for and trust myself with that. And it's all because I said so, because I believe it to be true in the power of my mind and I've emotionalized it in my heart and I meditated on it daily through my daily practices. And then it does become true for me. Then that does become my truth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. I, I've been growing a, a bigger appreciation for the entertainment acting industry because I always thought, you know, they're just skilled and it's just talent and then they got famous off of it. But as I mature and growing, my context is now understanding the beingness behind it. For someone to exemplify or transmit that beingness to somebody else, right? The way you said, they're going to always remember how you made them feel. And that's, that's the thing about entertainment or, or really any major industry that involves communication, which is like all of them. They're always going to remember that. And then the, the belief in yourself to really be the show up as that man or woman that can really exemplify all those things. And, and that, that's what that really strikes me now with great actors. Cause like they could, they, they've learned that, that it, 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 it starts with their beingness first. Like it's just not skills. It's, it comes from within them and they draw that out. Here's, here's something that's come up in my own meditations lately. Like, a limiting belief that I had that I didn't know was actually stuck in my subconscious. There were certain things that I believed, like there was, I think I had this belief called, it's not possible, you know, or it's not possible for me. And I would get to a certain point in my career where I would, I mean, I've, you know, I got former clients cause I, I did some strategies, some digital media strategy when I wasn't hosting red carpets in Hollywood, I would, a lot of my day job was having private clients and getting, helping them further their careers. And it's really interesting. And I think maybe subconsciously I started helping other people because I didn't think it could happen for me. When half the time I'm sitting there working with these people and I'm thinking I'm more talented than they are, you know, as a performer, artist, host, whatever. And and I sort of like slid in through the back door 
a lot of my clients who would hire me as a strategist or like to do more marketing and PR stuff for their shows, their digital series, would then hire me back as an actor in season two when they went back into production because they knew I could act, they liked being around me, and I sort of snuck in through the back door. That happened for me because my belief was I can't, I, I can't go through the front door or I'm not good enough to go through the front door or I just don't want to go through the process. Some of it was strategy and some of it worked. Um, but ultimately, I never, I think I had a limiting belief called, what if I go through the front door and I fail? Mm-hmm. And whereas if I try to go in through the back door or crawl in through a window, then if I fail, it's like, oh, well, I went in through the back door, you know, or I crawled in through the window. It was harder to get in that way. So it's like, it must've made it more complicated, right? But if I went in through the proper channels of like going to Actors Access and submitting a submission to be in this thing and it didn't materialize for me, then I didn't know if I could be with the shame or the guilt of it not working out. And I think what that all came from was ultimately I created all these other diversions because the underlying limiting belief was it's not really, it's, it's hard, it's, it's really hard to do, and it's not possible for me. I have really blown that. I didn't even know that was in my subconscious and I would self-sabotage year after year after year because I didn't think and this wasn't what was being told to me. I would go out in the world. I would be at cocktail parties. I would be always invited on to do all this. I had, I mean, my, I have so many random things I've done. Everywhere I went, people are like, why aren't you more famous? Or why aren't you this, you know, where's your show? Where's your own show? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, truly that, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your ass or my ass. Um, that was real for me. And it just always came down to at the end of the night, like I don't, I didn't really believe it was possible. And now in meditation, I am like, I'm living into the future. And I will say that this is the missing piece for most people. You have to start to uncover your limiting beliefs. But, and, but once you uncover them, then in meditation, you get to go in and reprogram your brain by visualizing that they're happening. And being, feeling the feelings of that, of having gotten and stepping into who you are meant to be in that moment <laughs> and seeing yourself being successful, but successful, but emotionalizing that it's already here and happening. How, just like, how did you create this, this podcast? Like it didn't just happen. You sat and thought about it. You visualized what it would look like. You saw yourself you know, sitting in front of the microphone, putting on the headsets, creating the space for it physically in the world, in your, you know, in your home. And, you know, it, but it started first in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think we spend too much time and there's scientific research to back this up, but we spend too much time trying to fix the past and rethinking the past over and over again, instead of just, using that mental headspace to create the future that we want and staying in that vibration and believing that it's true here and now. 
because it is, it's, it is coming to you. It is coming towards you. And most of the time you, the problem is you're sabotaging yourself. You actually have to do less. You just have to allow. And there's an allowingness that most people don't know that they don't do. They don't allow themselves to let it in because they're trying to control. They're trying to control mm -hmm. the process. And there's nothing, I mean, there's no faster way to stop the flow of life than trying to control the process. We must surrender to the process. That's, that's beautiful, man. I, I think I'm going to re-listen to that probably over and over because you said it perfectly. It's, I don't even know how to respond to that, man. I thank you. I thank you. And I'm, I'm just honored to have you as a friend because I could just, you know, call you and hear you, you know, give me some wisdom. <laughs> I'm, I'm always here for you, Musa. You know, I mean, I, you're inspiring me. I mean, look at this, you know, it's like, you're getting me back out here now. You're getting, you're calling me forward to come out of, to come out of my cocoon. Hibernation. I hibernated <laughs> for five months, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't want to see anyone. I, I wanted to be kind of, and, and I was being a major service to a family member. Mm -hmm. I, I've been very busy um, in, in a very different way, mm -hmm. but ultimately I think I got caught up in maybe the busyness of helping, helping this family member out because I didn't want to look at my own stuff. I mean, and that's the fine line, right? That's the meditation coming in where you get mm -hmm. to go, am I just doing this to be of service? Cause it's really authentically what I'm called. I'm called to be of service. Or am I taking these actions right now simply because I mean, I can say it's service, but I just don't really want to look at my own shit. And that's what's so been so funny is being, I mean, I'm actually, I left LA. I'm, I'm, I'm quarantining up in Santa Cruz County. I'm, I'm on the beach. I'm learning to play golf. I'm, I'm hiking in the woods. Uh, <laughs> I'm writing, I'm writing a book. I'm doing podcasts with you. Like I'm having a ball to be quite honest. Um, but I, I'm at that point where as I, as my help for my family member here is sort of dwindling, I'm really being confronted now with more of this time where it's like, okay, Brian, your sabbatical quote unquote is over and you, it's time for you to show up as the, as the thought leader, quote mm -hmm. unquote thought leader, as a voice, as the bridge that I talked mm -hmm. about earlier between this old consciousness that the world is letting go of and the new consciousness that the world is stepping into. And that's who I, I'm having to become every day. You know, I had this download that came to me, this premonition and meditation. I should start doing daily meditations on YouTube or on Instagram live for 30 days, 20 minutes from 1230 to 1250. Come and sit with me for 20 minutes with uncle B rod as my nieces and nephews call me. <laughs> Uncle B-Rod, because my name is Brian Rada, and they call me B-Rod, Uncle B-Rod. And, uh, you know, come and meditate with me. Okay. Me? I'm like the most, I mean, my, my experience of myself is I'm the most, the loudest guy at the party. I'm the life of the party. I'm super high energy. 
who would listen to me and come to me to learn about meditation of all things, you know? But that's but, your limiting belief right there. Well, exactly. Because I would. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's like, maybe I'm the guy, maybe I'm the guy, maybe that's the thing, right? Maybe I'm the guy who makes meditation not so serious. Or mm-hmm. maybe I'm the guy that makes meditation fun for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm the guy who, you know, gets you, you couldn't, I'm that bridge, right? I become that bridge to access this thing that you think is difficult or hard, but because it's coming through me, you can hear it differently. There's something about my beingness that you can hear. But mm-hmm. if you had told me that God, the divine, the infinite intelligence above me would come to me in my brain and say, you know, you really should start doing some daily meditations and broadcast those to the world. <laughs> Because that's what the people want from you right now. I'd be like, no way. Okay, I don't think so. But I think, honestly, that is what's crazy, Musa, is that is what I think I'm being called to do because the world is being called right now to slow down. Mm -hmm. We slow down, breathe. And we keep wanting it to go. I want to go back to the old way. I want to go, I want to, where are you going back to? The world was like Thelma and Louise in the convertible, like drive out to drive off the cliff. That you've never seen Thelma and Louise, have you? <laughs> I haven't, no. I know you haven't. Yeah, you and your, you and your young self. <laughs> well, it was a classic movie with um, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. And it's this chick flick. It was sort of very revolutionary for its time. It was sort of this buddy buddy story of these, but instead of two men, it was two women. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, they drive off, they get in all this trouble and they drive off together, like literally off the, this cliff to commit suicide ultimately. But they hold their hands together in solidarity as they're going down <laughs> into, into this Grand Canyon, you know, in a convertible. Um, that's where I think the world was headed. That's where we were going. And people are going like, I want to go back to the old ways or I want things to get back to normal. No, you don't. What normal are you what talking about? <laughs> There's what normal, the, the freaking, you know, having to sip four cups of coffee a day to even, you know, having to take your five hour energy shot mm-hmm. and then, you know, all the uppers you have to take in the morning to get going and then all the downers you have to take and then the bo- half a bottle of wine you have to drink at night to get yourself to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really rushing to get back to that shit. So, pardon my French. Oh, I, I love it, man. Sometimes. I cuss sometimes. It, 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 it certainly belies my level of education, but sometimes I think <laughs> it's the only way to get the message across. Um, but I, I think, anyway, to put a point on this, it's, we don't want to go back to this old way of being and we're being called. And I thought this pause would be six months. I'm still fighting myself every day now to be, oh, nine months. Ooh, you know, I don't think we're really going to start to see quote unquote normal until June of next year, really. Mm-hmm. So how do we go within? How do we take this moment and you know, 
see it for the lesson that it is. I mean, because I am just, um, I'm feeling the abundance of riches around me now because, um, because I say, because, because I'm just able to absorb it now and I'm able to allow it in with all the, all the freneticness goes away. When you're so frenetic, you can't allow and truly enjoy what's right in front of you. See, isn't even as I slow my breath down and slow my voice and I look back at you on my screen, I'm like, ah, yes, Musa, calm. Mm-hmm. I come back to this moment and now again back here present with you. And this is like, okay, now I remember where I am again, right? But most people are up here, mm-hmm. up here. I want to get back to that way of normalcy. Okay. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited for you because we, we need more of that, that being a thought leader. We need more leaders. We need more bridges from the chaos and how do we lead ourselves into being in a meditative state, in peace, and 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 be that way? So, I want to I want to give you an opportunity for people to tune into that. So, where where can we reach the Brian Rada at? Well, at the Brian Rada, I know that. <laughs> I think right now the best way to. Um follow me. I have a Brian Rada artist page on Facebook. Um, but probably the best way is just Instagram, you know, at the Brian Rada at T H E B R I A N R O D D A. Um, you know, send me a DM on Instagram, follow me there. Um, I I'm, I'm redoing my website right now. I'm taking a moment to redo brianrada.com. And, uh, you know, yeah, if you want to follow any more of my my wisdom um you know during the pandemic before i left la in july i had done 45 hours of interviews with people on instagram live interviewing licensed mm-hmm. family therapists um astrologers tarot card readers uh, literally jesus uh one of the biggest actors in the world right now playing jesus in uh, this phenomenal digital series called the chosen the chosen uh, one i think yeah it's no, I think it's called oh, chosen? The, the the Chosen TV series. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The the uh, Chosen, the actor playing Jesus, his name is Jonathan Rumi. Mm-hmm. Very good friend of mine. You know, I, I interviewed him. You know, um, so I, I you know a lot of my content can be found on my Instagram, and you know, check in there, and we'll go from there. Sweet, man. I, I really appreciate you. It's such an honor and privilege. Uh, this, I, I believe, is going to be very valuable to a lot of people because no matter where we're at in life or what pursuit we're on, uh, self-worth, slowing down, patience, meditation, understanding our beingness, the self-awareness, everything you talked about is so much validity, especially now with everything that happened and is happening still. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show and i appreciate you and your friendship brother thank you musa likewise that is all for this episode thank you for tuning in if you found any value in this episode someone you know will also please share subscribe leave a rating and review so we can reach more people have a farther ripple and a larger impact stay grateful 
I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.